I'm Helani Ellis, and this is the Exceptional Admins Podcast, where I invite admins, executives, and influencers to come together in an intimate setting. The world for administrative professionals doesn't just involve basic tasks. It includes an array of requests, challenges, and triumphs. During each episode, you'll be a witness to candid conversations and hear and join in on many, many laughs. And for those that know me, it wouldn't be complete without thought-provoking moments. The distinguished guests sharing time with us during each episode believe in the admin profession and have much to contribute to the greater good of executives, their admins, and organizations. Now, let's get to today's topic. Hi everyone, Helani here, and I'm excited to share with you a new resource. Our senses play such a big role in how we operate every day. The five senses are working simultaneously while our brain is receiving information, quickly processing that information. And so I took to the internet to to conduct some research on the topic because the work that I do here at Exceptional Admins is focused on the whole person. I came upon a wealth of information from neuroscientists, psychologists, laying out the connection between smell and memorization. So let's consider, for example, freshly baked cookies. Ugh, doesn't that just get you excited? For me, the smell of sunblock just promotes a lot of memories, you know, the air after a wonderful rainfall. And then I think a large population loves this one, pumpkin, the smell of pumpkin. Each smell can result in a connection to time, how we want to feel or think during a specific time. So friends, I'm here today to promote a really great product. The company is called Pearl Street Lights. I'm honored to have met the owner of it in 2018 as she was building her business. I mentored her on business development and she supports areas within the community and gives back along with creating an amazing product line. So maybe it's the white tea and ginger scent that you want or the deep serenity. Either case, they've got a wonderful variety of several dozen options. Check them out at pearlstreetlights.com. When you were in that career and you were establishing habits, what habits have you brought into the role that you're in now? One is charitable assumptions. All right. So here we are, everyone, another recording, another guest. I know this guest well. Her name's Marie, and she's spending time with me today in this episode for a variety of reasons and in a couple of the things to highlight that are forthcoming, even though we haven't even started talking, but I know it's going to come up is leaving hospitality and joining the administrative profession, as well as recognizing what is the right fit for you and the things that you should be thinking about, you know, when you're in your job. So Marie, thank you for joining me. We know each other because we met, I was trying to think of the year, I believe it was 2019 and we interacted and we had a couple things that we pursued together. And I'm honored that where she's at today, which is a financial services firm is due to a partnership with a client and she's a complete badass in her role, getting a lot of things done. And so she brings character today. I will announce now though, she's a little nervous, so she (laughs) might take a few questions to warm up. So Marie, thanks for spending some time with me. Thanks for having me. So I love your story. And it's so fun when I kind of heard one of those first jobs that you had 
why don't you walk us through your journey and what leads you to where you are making change in your role today? Yeah. So I grew up on the South Rim of the Green Canyon. I was adopted by my aunt and uncle, which was awesome. Uh, my family owns and operates a hotel there, just um, one mile from the entrance gate of the Green Canyon. So I started working at front desk at the age of 13. Um, I was one, I was the only one in my family who didn't get let go by my own family. <laughs> so <laughs> I they filled in you. Yeah. My, one of my brothers took too many personal calls. My sister would fall asleep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, oh my gosh. So, okay. uh, there was no favoritism. It was every job is worth doing a hundred percent. And if you weren't going to do it, get out kind of mm-hmm. mentality. Um, and so, and then I moved to Denver when I was eight, 19, started working at the Oxford hotel, was a part of the opening of the Crawford hotel. And then went to the dark side in event planning, which I loved. It was, it was fast paced. There was always something new. Um, one of my favorite things was that you got to make a direct impact in everybody's lives that you're working with. And you got those connections with people from all over or even locally. Um, and so I think just having that, you just are on the go, have to keep moving and the little details matter. And I think that is what really helps um, translate into an admin profession because those details matter. And in any job, um, customer service and like guest satisfaction is behind every business model. And it's how, at the end of the day, it's how you make people feel what they're going to take away from. So I think that's so what's true. really set me up for success. Uh, and busting your butt starting at 13, I remember getting my first job and it was at a, like an arts and crafts, uh, independently owned arts and crafts store, which very much is in tune with my right brain. And it was just me and this old man that was the store owner. And, you know, I got my permit in high school to be able to work. And it was probably like 10 hours a week. I think at minimum wage, then was like five sixty-five an hour. And, you know, you <laughs> showed up on time and you're starting to establish some of those very elementary, which we take advantage of now of, you know, people who want to be 10 minutes early. And they say to them that that's being on time. People that want to, as you sort of talked about with the details, And you said it so nicely, which is one of the things I adore about you is just recognizing that the work that you do genuinely has an impact. I'm finishing up an article right now for the website. And one of my statements is you do make an impact, even though it isn't the size of a mountain, that Mm -hmm. little detail of, you know, the forks in the right place, or the presentation for that speaker is going to not have a hiccup when they walk up to the stage, that tiny detail is actually very big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I didn't know yeah. you opened up the Oxford beautiful hotel. And so is the Crawford at uh, Union station here Crawford. in downtown Denver. Oh, the Crawford. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. The Crawford. It's beautiful. Anyone that comes oh, into Denver it. to travel, it's right inside union station. It's beautiful. Definitely beautiful. Yeah. So you worked your way up, you know, you established habits, especially since there was no favoritism. It was like, I got to get my job done. So I don't get fired. Uh, there was no job security <laughs> there. And it was on a farm. Is that what you told me once? No. So, um, I think I, I liked how you said you love like the farm story. Cause I think one of the first times we chatted, um, 
we were talking about work ethic. And yes. so my, my family has some property where, um, and we would go clean up behind pine needles for like fire prevention. Um, and then, or we'd pick up trash and my, my parents would just sit out there with us kids and my mom would yell assholes and elbows. That's all I want to see. <laughs> so <laughs> That is right. I, that was, was the story. Working hard. So it was, yeah, it was funny, but you wanted to quickly move on to something fun. <laughs> right. So right. Very laborious. That is so funny. That's right. I do remember that because you're bending over and getting stuff done. That's awesome. And it's interesting yeah. when you kind of think about, you know, starting at the top of your career with your first job at 13, being at that front desk, you literally didn't really know kind of what your talents were or gifts were. So you had to just figure it out. And maybe there's a layer of, you know, what is this call for in hospitality? Naturally, it fits with your personality, even though right before we started recording here, you get shy, even though you're extroverted. Yeah. I like once the pressure's on me, it's, and for something like specific, like I, working or you know anticipating the needs of others it's it's like it just kind of kicks in and you don't really notice it but if it's like somebody's really wanted to point out and talk about me I'm like uh. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally clam up but that's the behind the curtain in us we're like yeah I can be the silent you know secret weapon do you when you think <laughs> yeah. back and reflect to those experiences do you have any advice you would have given your younger self definitely not to take things so personal. I think that sometimes, I think sometimes when you get criticism, especially at a young age, um, it, it doesn't always, yeah, there's opportunity for yourself, but I think that there's also area or times when people are reflecting their own insecurities of their work or something that's going on in their life towards you. Um, and it's not really personal. It's, it's a battle that they're having also. Um, and so just to let you know, you're not perfect. You can't, you're going to not get it right the first time and just keep moving. Cause that's all there is mm-hmm. There's always tomorrow and it can be a better day. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I was thinking it's it, I'm to use a visual. And I thought about this, you know, as we uh, record this in early March of 2021, when this is released, I'm sure I'll have more thoughts attached to this because it's developing this year, but we are still carrying the trash, the burden of 2020. And that's keeping us or continually pushing us all down. And I'm personally suffering from that. And it's a constant effort to recognize it's a fresh new day. You know, we have more information now and carrying weight of those burdens, whether it's someone who's giving you feedback, you know, and you take it personal. Um, how are you showing up with that or without that in your next moment, in your next effort? Leah calls me the pivot queen. It's adorable because one minute I'm sitting here recording <laughs> with you and then I'm going to get a text while this is happening. And it's a client and they have a question. I need to answer it, or they've got an issue and there's a reschedule. And that's why from the translation of EA work to what I'm doing now, so much of it is applicable. So for that event planning, let's unpack that a little bit. When you were in that career and you were establishing habits, what habits have you brought into the role that you're in now? I think my favorite two 
are one is charitable assumptions. You know, to always give people the benefit of the doubt, there's going to be a charitable assumption. Oh, that's sexy. If a if one of my employees came in late and it was unlike them, I'm not going to get upset at them and be like, "What are you doing? Why are you late?" I'm going to charitably assume that something happened in their day because this is unlike their behavior. And I'm just going to say, hey, great to see you. This is what we're doing. Let me know if you need anything. Um, Mm. Because they're already probably having anxiety from being late. Like, I'm a mess. If I'm running late, I'm just like, oh, I hate running late. Right. So a lot of us can relate. I don't want to add unnecessary stress for this individual. It's like, let's just start the day great. Clearly, they had a rough time. Let's keep moving forward. Another one, um, and that and that falls in line with what I'm currently doing too, because it's um, it's there's a different type of stress with this current job, um, and just making sure everyone's moving in the right direction, especially with having been remote for most of the year. It's kind of like everyone works on their own island, and so you have to kind of connect those dots and make sure everybody's rowing in the right direction at the same time. Um, and another one that I, from event planning was because so many things can happen. You can be short silverware or glasses will break or your entree is coming up late out of the oven, you know? And so you have, one of the things that always works for me is I think about it, like, is this going to bother me five minutes from now? If Mm -hmm. it's a yes, I'm not going to make any direct action. I'm just going to think about it. Will it bother me five hours from now? If it's still a yes, I'm going to write down what bothers me about it. If it, and then I say, well, this bothered me five days from now. If it's a no, I'm not going to har- like waste any more time thinking about it. But if it if it's a yes, then I then have to plan the best way to like solve the issue or figure out is it me like is it my own personal issue with what happened or is it involve other people and is there a plan to address it? Um, and I think that really helped me because there are some things that yeah, it might bother me five minutes or five hours from now, but if it's not going to impede the rest of my week or go into next week, then it's really not that big of a deal. We're not saving lives. Let's just move forward. I was going to interrupt there because I was getting so excited because I loved everything you were saying. So I was writing very frantically. (laughs) I am in love with all of that. And for those that are listening to this and you've been, you know, listening to episodes, over time, you, you got, that's all resonating with everyone and just kind of the continual buildup of what I want to keep doing with the podcast is just giving that, oh my gosh, moment of, I need to bring that into my world. I need to bring that philosophy into my life. I have a five minute rule where I allow myself, um, five minutes to worry, be discouraged, be really pissed off or even joyful, which is usually not what I do with the five minutes. I just am joyful (laughs) all day. And granted with that five minute rule for myself, I'm allowing myself multiple versions of five minutes throughout any given day. And I have an episode that I've recorded. It's called a gift or a curse self-talk. And in that episode, I speak about productive worrying And you're using that philosophy at the front end of running into a problem. And it's beautiful that you shared those two favorites of which I didn't know what your answer was going to be. And both of them are powerful, that charitable assumption, which literally is empathy. And we need so much of that in our role as administrative professionals and leaders. And then the five minutes from now, 
five hours from now, five days from now. That is another combination that is beautiful for those listening to think about it's productive worrying. And if you're worried about it 10 minutes later, and you already declared that it wasn't worth another five minutes of your time, you kind of have to kick your ass and say, knock it off. That's really awesome. Yep. I like that. And I'm excited about all of that. So thank you. (laughs) Is there something that you're personally working on? And, you know, when you think about being instrumental, you sort of talked about also working remotely, which is a large reality for many people. Um, I gave up my office and I'm literally living and working in the same four walls every day. And from being an extrovert who appreciates hugs, handshakes, and smiles, my world has changed tremendously. And, um, what is it that you might be working on and why, and maybe if there's a story that is the why I'd love to hear that right now. Um, I think, so I think my strength is also one of my weaknesses. Um, I had a individual tell me once that sometimes if you have too much of something, it can also be not necessarily a bad thing, but it could be one of your weaknesses as well. And sometimes I think that's the case with my big extroverted personality sometimes that I work with a lot of analytical people and sometimes it's like too much, it's overbearing um, and I have to like rein it in, read the audience. Um, I may think I'm hilarious, but it might not sit well as somebody else. So I, I think I'm continuously working on reading the room and making sure, you know, like there's just some things you don't have to say, even though it's on your mind, that <laughs> mm-hmm. you have to just keep it polished and sometimes just think about it later and crack yourself up in private. <laughs> that is really interesting. And I do believe being extroverted and or introverted, um, and there's also a word when you're a combination of both, I'll have to look it up, that it is a gift and a curse. I mean, if I were to take a Myers-Briggs today, I'm sure that it will read that I'm tapping into my introverted side. And to the comment about being a pivot queen, I do a little research, not too much, because I don't want to know too much of the client, because then I kind of uh, tap out um, in my listening style if I know too much, because they're repeating something I read on their bio. And I'll recognize when a leader has a very soft, non-visionary personality. And I've got to tap into to your, just to your point now, it's like, I could be funny and I could be like a lot for certain people. And then some people <laughs> will be a huge turnoff. And so reading the audience is really huge. And I know that so many of us EAs are called to read our executive on a daily basis. And are they about to get hangry, which is something I talk about with my last executive, you know, how can we present pieces of ourself never being inauthentic but present pieces of ourself uh, to the moment in time, whether it's a season or the audience. Uh, Is there something that in this new role that you're in, is there something that you worked on that was a project that you're really proud of? So, I mean, I think in general, I'm really excited about the new direction that my role has taken because I was hired on um, as a temp just to kind of make sure that everyone was agreeing or um, driving really well. Mm-hmm. And I, and now I'm the planning and marketing associate. And so my role shifted based on what they saw that I could do with mm-hmm. just different design elements or my thoughts on different marketing initiatives we could do. 
Um, so I, I think I'm really excited for that transition just because I'm such a creative, I mean, event planning, it's just, you're thinking about floral and linen colors and, you know, so I definitely, my brain naturally works that way. Um, and it's fun for me. It's like, I like thinking about, Ooh, what could we do on our website to change it up, spice it up a little bit. Um, so I definitely am super excited about this progression of my role and, um, we're mm-hmm. going to be moving into a new office. And mm-hmm. I think once we're all back in and settled, um, it'll just keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exciting. And I do want to give you credit for those that are listening like, wow, you know, that transition is something I want to get a hold of you yourself. And I actually brought this up in an episode called role evolution, where she had joined in, uh, and they called it an executive coordinator versus assistant. And she's now transitioned to something more powerful in project management. And I gave credit, like I'm about to give you the way that you brought your strengths forward, took micro risks in your role. You were able to, I'll, I'll think of Mary Poppins, right? Mary Poppins opens her bag and it's empty inside. And so you can't see anything, but she starts pulling out all of these things that she can leverage. And so if you sort of envision yourself as having a Mary Poppins bag and you know what tools they are and no one else can see them, it is totally on you to show what you can offer. And that is through taking micro risks. And you've definitely done that, giving you now this new channel of opportunity to transition to take on, you know, more creative responsibility. And you brought up a good point. You, you leverage your feeling personality of how can we make our website feel with someone, you know, how can I through marketing and initiatives with our existing and prospective customers being in financial services, which money is challenging. Uh, so that'll be a nice challenge for you. And I'm thinking for those that are enjoying this episode and you might be in event planning and you want to transition into administration, the biggest thing you need to articulate is the transferable hustle to an EA role. And you're nodding. What do you think like are those key things that they can think about that translate into um, an admin role? I think about when we first started chatting, I was like super discouraged. I quit my job May of 2019, didn't land this position until January, 2020, right before pandemic. Um, You know, I was applying, applying. And as you brought to my attention, the what's in your toolbox question. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't know. Like, I like to think I'm a badass. I know what I I like. Yeah. I get shit done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I guess I'm not like translating that well enough. I'm not sure. I wasn't getting any catches on my hook. Um, but yeah, I think so. It's really discouraging to think about going to a new industry and a, and a lot of these interviews, unless they have an advocate like you, who's just like, look, these skills are transferable, and you don't even know all the different things they're having to multitask and plan and coordinate and all the different personalities they have to work with on a weekly basis, like planning 10 events a month and coordinating your schedule around everything that each of those clients need from linen, you know, rental orders, um, your tastings, your um, floral uh, design your whole tablescape idea, you know, lighting, AV run throughs, all of it. 
and you're doing it with so many people and sometimes they're back to back and you're carrying folders around and you're like, okay, <laughs> which one's next? I just mm-hmm. know I have a little 11 o'clock, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, like, I think it is, you, you need to have more confidence because we're bringing a lot more to the table than we think because we're in the job and we're doing it. Um, and we're not really thinking about next steps because you're just doing what you have to do. And it is, you kind of get into survival mode in hospitality. Like you're so busy, you don't even really think about, you know, you just have to do what you have on your calendar and you live by it. And so you just keep working. But I think when you brought that up, when we first started chatting and I was like, oh yeah, like that's a, that's a huge benefit. Cause so many people were like, I think you're going to be bored or, you know, I don't know if this is the right <laughs> fit for you. And, that's and, hilarious. And you're secretly like, you're like, how do I tell somebody like, no offense but I want to be bored. Right. <laughs> like, I do want to take a step back and just yeah. live in the moment and yeah. plan ahead. <laughs> yeah. And there's but so much call wanna... for anticipating. And I tell clients yeah. when someone who like yourself will move forward and hasn't air quotes had that assistant, t- any of the assistant titles, well, does this person, I actually had this discussion yesterday. Does this person only want to do events? And that conversation I won't bring up here, but for you, it was, well, let me run down the list of all the things that are called upon this person. And then you tell me if you need those anticipating the needs, understanding different clients, having 10 different clients in one given day, juggling glass balls and rubber balls, making sure the AV is going, making sure that everything is smooth because this individual is fully responsible for the success of that event. And they don't want their manager to get a discussion from five of their 10 clients for the one given day. Do you think you want that? And then they're like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I'd love to meet this person because they too have a short lens on understanding what you guys can deliver. And you're, you're right. And I remember now some of our initial calls, cause I do appreciate those that are in event planning that, and you didn't use the word, but slowing down want just a tiny bit more harmony nights and mm-hmm. weekends. And I also then tell some of my big leaders, I'm like, they know how to do nights and weekends and you're a 24 seven executive. Wouldn't that be great, but don't use them every night and on all weekends. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of transferable. And, um, for those that are listening, there's sometimes a little competition for you guys when someone from event planning wants to come into this career. So you guys have to remember how to show up with your brand. And there's an episode that went out called personal branding. You guys all love it. What is your brand? And so I, I knew you and your brand after our first 30 minute call, actually a little better than you did only because I had to pull out of you. Uh, so I like that. Yeah. And that's really great the way you put that. Um, okay. So moving on to kind of some of our, uh, other, uh, questions and closing things out. What do you like about what you're doing now? I like that. I feel like I have learned more in this past year than I have in majority of my years working hospitality because I, I was raised in hospitality. I already knew what I was doing. I'm very privy to different software. So throw one in front of me, I'll learn it in 30 minutes and then I'll probably create a training manual for somebody else because (laughs) I'll want to help them figure out what I didn't like about it. Yeah. Um, But, and, and like this, just being a completely new industry, I'm learning something every day. And so 
I'm constantly challenging myself or being challenged by my team. Um, you have to have a natural curiosity, but if you do, it'll just, everything will kind of fall into place. And, and I think that that's what's happened with this job. And I'm so thankful. The team is great. Um, it's a small family unit, which you knew was what I was looking for from the beginning, since I come from a family business and you want to have longevity with people and know that you can all work together and you're working towards the same end goal and you enjoy doing it with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think awesome. knowing that it's a, it's a good little team and I'm learning so much that I like to be challenged and I ended up going back to school for digital marketing. So all these things that I would have never been able to do in hospitality because there was definitely no way fitting school in working as much as I was. So it's just been overall an amazing work-life balance transition for me. Mm. Knowing who you're to you. Yeah. Uh No, you're sweet. Thank you. (laughs) Knowing who your executive is, um, and each situation is, is different, but I want to highlight here and you're doing great by the way. So your nervousness isn't showing up. I want to highlight right here. You said my favorite word being curious. When someone is curious, they then immediately transition to being recognized as resourceful and resourcefulness creates trust because I trust that you are going to go figure it out, come back with options, or to your point, you're going to draft a manual for other people to know how to use a tool. And therefore you're resourceful to be relied upon. I believe that you using those parts that are natural for others, there may be almost natural and you're just kind of teetering from natural to forcing the habit of being curious. That's what's allowed you. So for the listeners, if you're looking for some of those key things to work on, to allow you to have progression in your role, in your career, it is always through awarding yourself with trust from your leader, your executive, Mm -hmm. the organization. And so I want to highlight that curious state that you personally sit in and that that has given you open doors for these other things that light you up. That is so great. And even though the way in which you came into this role was a different job description and you've been sort of developing your own, um, that's because of you. And so it's a total compliment. And if anyone's kind of like kind of at the door and the cusp of moving to the other side to take some risks, please be inspired by this discussion to take some of those risks of being, uh, additionally curious, any closing thoughts for our listeners? It's, uh, well, I think it's funny too, just to totally random, but yesterday my executive said it too. He was like, you know, is this a job or is it a career? And Mm. I think it falls in line with that curiosity, you know, like if, if you're wanting to look into becoming an admin, you know, you want to make sure that you can stand behind the company, their mission, their culture, and you really believe in the executive you're working for, because then if you see it as a career, you're going to naturally have that curiosity. It'll just follow. You won't have to force it. You're going to want to just go above and beyond and show off your skills because it's exciting. And you're putting out there something that you also can be passionate about. And in some form, you know, even if you don't think it's that impactful, um, you're still contributing. So So yesterday was international women's day and I posted on Instagram and LinkedIn, 
not something highlighting women, but the picture was of a feather and an ink, um, like, you know, in the late 1700s, a feather for writing Um, and the ink glass. And the caption was just straightforward and simple. You are in charge of your story and manifest and declare your dreams and put them on paper. So the picture of the Mm -hmm. feather with the ink and then the write-up, and it was just that simple to your point of, is this a job or a career? I'm actually having discussions with junior professionals sort of interested in this career because they believe it gives them touch points with all areas of a company so they can kind of start learning about business because college didn't teach them that. And I'm welcoming Mm -hmm. them into this career. And I'm also helping them recognize, are you looking for a job? Or are you looking to be a professional? And they kind of don't understand mm-hmm. the differentiators. And I have one candidate that I placed that's going to be a guest on the show. She doesn't know yet. She's going to be a guest on the show. And we're <laughs> going to talk about uh, her current job and how she came into this. And she's so sweet and she's young. And she texts me over the weekend and just told me how much she loves her job. And she's so grateful, but she's realizing I want to be a professional. And if you declare like you did. And then kind Mm -hmm. of having that open-minded experience of what do my skills transfer to you manifested what you're in front of today. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Job versus career, which is great. Uh, curiosity is so huge and it so pays off. And if that's not natural for you on curiosity, maybe I'll have a PS episode, uh, after I do some research on that. Um, you're awesome. I'm so glad that we, oh, you're sweet. Yes. I'm so glad we were able to bring this forward because especially at the beginning here of 2021, I'm starting to talk to event people, you know, they're nervous about that industry and what the future holds as it relates to COVID and other aspects of our environment and economically as well. So I hope that this inspires some of the listeners to do a variety of things that we've sort of dropped on the table here. So I'm really grateful for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even know where to begin. We covered so much thought-provoking, laughter, and just great conversation. Remember, you're the reason you get up every day and work as hard as you do. Do things for you, your executive, and your organization. And remember, it's all worth it.